0: letter four of clarissa harlowe or the history of a young lady volume seven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by nicole lee clarissa harlowe or the history of a young lady volume seven by samuel richardson letter four mr lovelace to john belford esq six saturday morning july Eighth. have i nothing new nothing diverting in my whimsical way thou askest in one of thy three letters before me to entertain thee with and thou tellest me that when i have least to narrate to speak in the scottish phrase i am most diverting a pretty compliment either to thyself or to me to both indeed a sign that thou hast as frothy a heart as i a head but canst thou suppose that this admirable woman is not all is not everything with me yet i dread to think of her too for detection of all my contrivances i doubt must come next the old peer is also full of Miss Harlowe, and so are my cousins. He hopes I will not be such a dog, There's a specimen of his peer-like dialect, as to think of doing dishonourably by a woman of so much merit, beauty, and fortune, and he says of so good a family. But I tell him, that this is a string he must not touch, that it is a very tender point, in short, is my sore place, and that I am afraid he would handle it too roughly, were I to put myself in the power of so ungentle an operator. He shakes his crazy head he thinks all is not as it should be between us longs to have me present her to him as my wife and often tells me what great things he will do additional to his former proposals and what presents he will make on the birth of the first child but i hope the whole of his estate will be in my hands before such an event takes place no harm in hoping jack lord m says were it not for hope the heart would break eight o'clock at midsummer and these lazy varletesses in full health not come down yet to breakfast what a confounded indecency in young ladies to let a rake know that they love their beds so dearly and at the same time where to have them but i'll punish them they shall breakfast with their old uncle and yawn at one another a wager while i drive my phaeton to colonel ambrose's who yesterday gave me an invitation both to breakfast and dine on account of two yorkshire nieces as celebrated toasts who have been with him this fortnight past and who he says want to see me So jack all women do not run away from me thank heaven i wish i could have leave of my heart since the dear fugitive is so ungrateful to drive her out of it with another beauty but who can supplant her who can be admitted to a place in it after miss clarissa harlowe at my return if i can find a subject i will scribble on to oblige thee my phaeton's ready my cousins send me word they are just coming down so in spite i'll be gone saturday afternoon i did stay to dine with the colonel and his lady and nieces but i could not pass the afternoon with them for the heart of me there was enough in the persons and faces of the two young ladies to set me upon comparisons particular features held my attention for a few moments but these served but to whet my impatience to find the charm of my soul who for person for air for mind never had any equal my heart recoiled and sickened upon comparing minds and conversation pert wit a too studied desire to please each in high good humour with herself an open-mouth affectation in both to show white teeth as if the principal excellence, and to invite amorous familiarity by the promise of a sweet breath at the same time reflecting tacitly upon breaths arrogantly implied to be less pure once i could have borne them they seemed to be disappointed that i was so soon able to leave them yet have i not at present so much vanity my clarissa has cured me of my vanity as to attribute their disappointment so much to particular liking of me as to their own self-admiration they looked upon me as a connoisseur in beauty They would have been proud of engaging my attention as such, but so affected, so flimsy-witted, mere skin-deep beauties, they had looked no further into themselves than what their glasses were flattering glasses to. I thought them passive-faced and spiritless, with eyes, however, upon the hunt for conquests, and bespeaking the attention of others, in order to countenance their own. I believe I could, with a little pains, have given them life and soul, and to every feature of their faces sparkling information. But my Clarissa—oh, Belford! my clarissa hath made me eyeless and senseless to every other beauty do thou find her for me as a subject worthy of my pen or this shall be the last from thy lovelace End of letter four.